What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. Some podcasts are good, some podcasts are bad, but this one is a rare gift. It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekdays. are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and there are certain moments that never leave you, like the moment I first met him. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hey, we played poker. That's right. We met at a poker game. That is true. Yeah. Each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. These are the best circumstances you'll ever see him in. It's Ian Whittington, ladies and gentlemen. Yay. A little bit sad that you didn't give me a memory. Thing, but that's fine. That was hey, pretty listen, good. Hey, listen, you know, I've got a limited number of things to work with here. Limited number. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, Ian. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I am smashing. Yeah? <laughs> Br- <laughs> brilliant? Are you brilliant? Brilliant. I'm absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah, good, good. That's that's wonderful. Uh, we had a great time uh, talking about what TV we're watching right now in our members-only pre-show. That was a lot of fun. It was kind of cool to hear what you guys yeah. are watching and... Especially Ian, with you kind of being over on the uh, the other side of the ocean, you know, kind of what yeah, having uh, no idea what either of you were talking about at all. <laughs> Just like, are we TV? Yeah, cool. I couldn't even guess the genre for most of them. Right, right, right. Uh, so that will be in your Sif Pop member feed. If you are a Sif Pop member, um, you can listen to that conversation and uh, enjoy it with us. Today, we are going to talk about a couple of new movies. Reminiscence, uh, which is on HBO Max, and The Protégé, uh, which is only in theaters and not Grr, apparently. Not apparently in English theaters uh, over in, in Great Britain. So, uh, yeah. Still holding a grudge after 250 years. No, we can't do much, but we're going to make sure you see all of our movies a week late. I don't know why that. I just don't understand it. I don't know why. I mean, obviously, there's some strategy, right? Like, make more money. Is is it is it going to be a week later? They just not releasing it there. Um. So when I did a bit of research, it was actually going to be called something else entirely. It was like the assistant or the asset. asset. Yeah, the asset. That was it. Um. So it is coming out. I couldn't even dig out a date for when it was happening. Um. uh, The only logic I can think is. Is competing. So maybe there's things that are, maybe there are English films that are coming out that it doesn't want it to compete with, but I don't know. I can't think of any in this case. Yeah. Um, it may have just been to specifically wind me up. <laughs> they, Which kind of makes me feel a bit better. Sure. <laughs> makes yeah. me feel special. Yeah, as long as it's about you. You know, as long yes. as it's about you, we're, we're going to be all good. Uh, we're also going to Yeah, be it be- doesn't even have a uh, release date for UK or Ireland. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, get it. 
We are uh, we're gonna do best ever Sam Jackson movies uh, yeah. for the best ever challenge. He's been in a few movies. He's he's worked Several, a bit. In fact, he's, yeah, he's worked a bit. Uh, that was one of the first things when I really started logging my letterbox and pretty much caught up with all my letterbox stuff. You can see like which actors you've seen the most. And he was like top of the list easily just because he's in so much stuff. Um, so yeah, he's just in the background. He may not even have a line. He's just, oh, Samuel L. Jackson's in this film. Uh, so That's we- definitely true for one of mine where <laughs> he is in it the bare minimum that you can technically count it mm-hmm. for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, of course, we'll do some buried treasure as well. Um, but, uh, but let's kick it off by talking about, uh, the protege. Cool. See you soon. <laughs> Bye, Ian. You can always think on your feet anyway. Not so much tonight. We sent away so many prematurely. Either by my hand or through you. We never sent anyone away who didn't have it coming. We all have to pay for our sins eventually. Meet you downstairs in the bar and hurt your rose up sleeves in your skull. Rembrandt and Anna, two world premiere assassins who share a mysterious past from Vietnam, traverse the globe competing for high-profile contracts. But when Anna's mentor is murdered, she and Rembrandt must form an uneasy alliance and return to Vietnam to track down his killer. Uh, The Protégé, which I believe is only in theaters. um, Yeah. Star Samuel Jackson, uh, who we just mentioned, and Maggie Q, kind of at the the center of this thing. Uh, Andrew, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? It's interesting because there are parts of this movie that I love, but there are parts of this movie that I was just so let down by. So I'm mm. going to go with just middle of the road, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm in many ways, I'm right there with you. Um, I... I I had fun at times. Like I was having yeah. fun at times during this movie, but um but yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think I'm gonna land in I, I, yeah, I think I'm gonna go right down the middle as well. I, I was gonna say high side of okay, but it feels wrong. Yeah. It feels like I'm giving it too much credit if I go high side of okay. Yeah. If I go low side of okay, I'm like, well, I had enough fun that I can't really do that. So yeah, I think just okay. I think it's just an okay movie. You know, and that yeah. happens sometimes. It's a shame. Um, I think that's worse than not liking it. That's a a horrible review for a movie. It it depends. Yeah. It's not that everything in the movie is just meh. It's it's a combination Mm. of really good stuff and really bad. So it, it evens out. Like... If you, I'll, go, I'll go ahead and start. Like, when we're talking about things that are really good, holy crap, Maggie Q is just phenomenal. The mm-hmm. way... She is just gorgeous and i don't mean that you know just physically yes she is physically beautiful but the way she carries herself Mm -hmm. the way that she you know interacts with people she is just stunning in this movie she is easily like the best part of this movie right like she just she has a real magnetism and charisma to her that i agree i i that was one thing i watched this movie i was like oh uh, maggie q is an action star like she really can be um yeah. and yeah I, I really dug her as well yeah um actually i think that most every most of the like the big names in this movie 
are good at what they do. Like, I think Michael Keaton is good. I think, you know, Sam Jackson's, you know, good. Um, I'll just go ahead and say it for me. The thing that keeps this movie down is the fact that the whole why of the story, you know, why we're why we're watching this movie isn't that good. It's such a lackluster why why do I care? But yeah. it's these actors being so charismatic and charming and good at the you know the the action is good too. But the why why am I watching this movie is so bleh that it just <laughs> it keeps it from being a good movie. Yes, it's messy in that way, right? Like there's like yeah. the, the plot is messy, the character work is messy. There's things happening with the Rembrandt Anna relationship that's messy that yeah. is very confused. Like I found myself I think I said in in my letterbox review, I found myself tilting my head a, a lot like a confused pet. You know, like how your dog will get confused and go, "Huh? Huh? Huh?" Like I feel like I'm just yeah. like, "What? What?" Like why are you, you praising me? Are yeah. you punishing me? Why is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, I, it, it was, it was a really strange experience for me because I would, I'd have moments of like, oh, I'm loving watching this movie, and then there'd be twenty yeah. minutes of, why did you make that decision? Well, that relationship doesn't make sense. That character would never do that. That you know, yeah. that um, yeah, I, I don't know. I was just, it was, it was, it was fun mixed with messy. And uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was hard to take the overall product as something that that could be recommended, um, even if there are parts and there are parts that are really fun and clever and even and I don't even just mean action. There are some there's some dialogue. There's some you know tete a tete yeah. reper, you know repartee that is fun and interesting and clever. Um, you know, there's a bookstore scene that I really really liked. Uh, but you know, you just you go from those. Uh, those parts are from a movie that you want to watch, and then the, there's just so much from a movie that you're just sad you're watching. So yeah, th- yeah. the the way this movie wraps up is so bad. The yeah. ending of this movie is atrociously bad. Yeah, which it's weird because you think Martin Campbell, you think, oh, I'm gonna be sitting down to watch an amazing movie, you know? Because and this is like kind of his wheelhouse. It's not exactly spy you know, like James Bond or mm-hmm. anything. But you can definitely feel in parts of it where you're like, okay, yeah, he knows how to cast, you know, like a lead, you know, like, and he knows how to shoot a lead, you know? Like, there are moments in this where you're like, Maggie Q is just as charming and debonair and cool-headed as James Bond is, you know? And mm-hmm. it's... It's from a, a different perspective because she's an assassin, not a spy. But that that charm and charisma is still there, and you're like, yeah, this is Martin Campbell's wheelhouse. He knows how to do this. But then there were parts of this movie where I'm like, I, I don't get it. There were parts of this movie where I was confused as to like, I don't understand the motives behind what this this particular character is doing. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil any actual moments. From the movie. Um, yeah. This may be considered a minor spoiler. If you want to fast forward to the next review, I totally understand. Or, you know, a couple minutes or whatever. Uh, I get it. But I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's a romantic relationship between the Maggie Q character and the Michael Keaton character um, that comes out of nowhere and feels so forced 
and yeah. inauthentic. And, you know, she has this almost father-daughter relationship with Samuel L. Jackson in this movie. And Samuel L. Jackson is the same age as Michael Keaton. He may be a year older, maybe two, um, but they are both pushing two. 70, um, you know, yeah. or in that range. And, you know, and she's, you know, in her early 40s. And it's just like, it's barely half plus seven, you know, like it's barely in that, <laughs> that range. And, and listen, and listen, I'm not trying to age shame or anything. Love who, you know, yeah, you like, are. I, I, okay, maybe a little bit, but I'm not, I'm not, that's not my <laughs> point. My point is that, you know, isn't that you can't have successful, uh, you know, what do they call them? Uh, win- winter spring or I don't remember, winter spring romances or whatever they're called. I don't know. It's not that that can't be a real thing. It's just that we've seen it so much this way in the past. And it's and it's started to feel ickier and ickier because it is such a like male centered idea of how the world should work. And yeah, isn't it slightly creepy that it's very rarely gender swapped the lo- other way around? Yeah, and I love Michael Keaton, and he he is you know uh, sexy in his you know like he's using fun words and clever words, and like I get that he can be attractive. I'm not saying he's not attractive. I'm just saying. I would like to, well, in in more than that, it steals agency from the Maggie Q character in some ways that I think are, you know, can be um, powerful. So I think the movie winks at giving her agency in this situation, but it still can come out feeling a little strange. And I don't know, it was just, it was the weirdest part of the movie for me. And I think the movie would have been so much better without it. So much better. I think uh, going off of that, I don't, the age thing didn't really bother me as much. It was the... uh, the clashing of character, like, uh, what would you call it? Uh, motive, uh, character motivations, a clash of character motivations that whenever it did come to that romantic element between them, it, it was like, yeah, you obviously, this is a no brainer of like, will they, won't they, you know, get together, fall in love, you know, have a fling, like, it obviously, you're you're forcing something that the script painfully is trying to say. No, Correct. you shouldn't do this. Yeah. Um, if you're gonna but, pull that off, yeah. you better you better really have the chemistry be there. Uh, the only movie I can think offhand that pulls it off is Out of Sight. Out of Sight. Um, yeah. And you know, speaking of Sam Jackson movies, um, you know where yeah. it's like. Yes, you know it doesn't make sense for them to be together, but you also know that they are fire together. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. really pulls off the the chemistry angle of That's that. That's the movie so, that does it. Yeah. But what about Entrapment? <laughs> Perfect example. Come on. I feel like I myself might be being entrapped at this very moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure it does. Um, anything else, Andrew? Do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Uh. Besides no post credit scene, I would not mind seeing more movies in this world. If Isn't that interesting? Fix, yeah. Yeah. It's because she is so good. Correct. She is that good. Correct. That you would be happy, but I, without you know getting much into the movie itself, I'm I'm curious how if they were to continue with this possible franchise where it could go from here yeah you know? uh 
the the phrase I was looking for is May December romance. I couldn't I couldn't figure figure that one out, but that's how I've heard it phrased before. May December. The Honestly, only, I thought you were going to go with cradle robbing. I thought that's what <laughs> you were going with. No, 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 no. It's different. It's different than that. I mean, you know, it's anyhow. We don't need to continue down that line. Yeah, uh, the, the only other thing I would say is um, Michael Keaton looking like he's uh, back in Batman shape in some ways. You know what I mean? Like, okay, that I was actually going to say that, but like when we were talking about how good the action is, I'm like, okay, Batman. I know. Okay, I, Bruce I, Wayne. It genuinely he's, was like, and I know he's, who knows how big the part is, but it's, it's you know, common knowledge that he is in the Flash movie as Batman. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm excited for that. And this movie made me like, I hope it's actually a lot in the movie as Batman because he was an incredible Batman and he's, kind of killing it here uh so way to go literally (laughs) um so yeah i had a moment where i was like i'm just gonna pretend this is a batman movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah no honestly while watching this movie while watching this movie in and people could say you know oh it takes you out of the movie whenever you have a thought about another movie while you're Mm -hmm. watching a movie (laughs) but like while he was like you know fighting and stuff like that i'm like okay Good on you, Michael Keaton, for being like knocking on 70s door mm-hmm. that you are able to do this kind of choreography that was impressive. Like, yeah. I would have been, you know, just as happy seeing, you know, uh, Jason Momoa or, you know, who else is like a big name right now in like action movies, but, you know, like, you know, any y- younger. Yeah, Jean-Claude, yeah, no, <laughs> any Cena. younger is what I'm, yeah, John Cena, you know, any of these younger guys who were, you know, doing all this, Michael Keaton was kind of like, oh, wow, I did not know you still had that in you, kind of the, I guess you could say the Keanu Reeves, you know, element, I know he's younger, mm-hmm. but you're like, oh, Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves can still do all this at his age, he doesn't, he's immortal, you know, mm-hmm. so, yeah, I totally agree. I did not, however, uh, think that it was a Terminator movie when I saw Robert Patrick. Uh, that that thought did not cross my mind. Not no, that he's Robert terrible Patrick in this, but is he's, aged. Def- he's he is definitely playing a different character than uh, than the T one thousand or whatever. He's it is, playing so. that cliche character that you hate seeing in every single movie. Yeah, yeah. No, of, you're right. You're right. It's very cliche. I, without getting into who he is, but like once you see that that stereotype character, you're like, ah. You serve nothing other than exposition. That is your character. Like you to explain what mm-hmm. the other character needs to know so they can move on to act two. You yeah. know? Yeah. Uh yeah. what do you think? You gonna recommend this to anyone? Yeah. I think so. <laughs> Hardy recommendation no, like, for Andrew. If you want to see a, a good like action movie that doesn't just don't pay attention to the story, just to see, you know, Maggie Q be amazing and Michael Keaton kick butt, sure. But if you're wanting the next amazing Martin Campbell movie, this isn't it. Yeah, my you have to know what you're recommending and who you're re- recommending. Yeah, it to. my recommendation would be to wait, um, wait till it's like available for rental or or something like go. that. If it's uh, on Netflix or if it's on TV for free, yeah, mm-hmm. check it out. Yeah, you might you might want to check it out because um, there is some fun stuff in there. One thing we didn't talk about, I'll just mention this is my one last last thing. Um, there <laughs> there are some story turns in this that feel very forced and did not work for me. Um, so uh, just a heads up on that. Um, there are some jarring, 
some very jarring story turns toward toward the yeah. end. Uh, all right. Here well, we Ian, you want to talk about a movie that you've seen? Yeah, whatever. Guess so. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. <laughs> Let's well, talk- did you have any questions about the protege first? Yeah, or- no, that's a good. Um, that's a good. That's a good idea. Ah, based on what you said, absolutely not. Did was Sam Sam Jackson in the film? <laughs> you didn't you mention know, the, him yeah. at all. That's that's a, he is in the movie. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There. That's that's he all I'm going to answer. Great. That I actually okay. <laughs> you know what? Uh, to an- to go off of that, I think the chemistry between like the father daughter element between him and Maggie Q was really good. I think it worked. Like, Absolutely. There's a there's a moment where they're like exchanging gifts and stuff like that, and I I like genuinely felt the emotion coming mm-hmm. off of those yeah. those scenes. I'm like, that's this is a good chemistry right here. Yeah, I, yeah. At the yes, I think at the end of the day, what you want to make sure and say when you say how mediocre this movie is, it is not Maggie Q's fault. She is, if anything, carrying this movie. The the yeah. authenticity she gives to those scenes with her and Sam Jackson are so real. Um, she's killing the action. Like, yeah, this is not Maggie Q's fault for sure. No, um, it's the script that doesn't yes. live up to her. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. All right, let's move on to reminiscence. When the waters began to rise and war broke out, nostalgia became a way of life. There wasn't a lot to look forward to. So people began looking back. Nothing is more addictive than the past. No, 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 put me back. Put me back. I understand. She has moved on, and you should too. People don't just vanish. To find where she'd gone, I had to know where she'd been. Nicholas Bannister, a rugged and solitary veteran living in a near-future Miami flooded by rising seas, is an expert in a dangerous occupation. He offers clients the chance to relive any memory they desire. His life changes when he meets a mysterious young woman named May. Uh, Reminiscence is on HBO Max and in theaters. Um, Let's start with you, Ian. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Um, firmly, confidently, and liked it. Oh, okay. Just yeah. All right. right, right in the right in the middle. I liked it. What about you, Andrew? Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go. Liked it. Okay. I have issues with this movie, but there's enough here that I can say I liked it. Mm-hmm. I am on the high side of okay. Um, so it doesn't sound like I liked it quite yeah. as much as you guys. I had a very similar reaction to this movie as the other one where I was having fun and enjoying parts of it, and then I'd have parts where I'm like, what? Um, (laughs) So so it it was a very similar experience for me, but a little bit better, I think, than The Protégé, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Ian, we'll let you, since you haven't had much to say. Yeah, talk about this movie. Um, Yeah, this movie's trying to do a lot. Um, A lot, a lot, a lot. And Mm -hmm. I think, I'm going to say, for the most part, I actually think it does it well. So... The world building is fantastic. It doesn't spend too much time bogged down in how we got to where we are, um, but enough context for the story to make sense. Um, And then after that, it's, man, it's conspiracy, it's love story, it's dealing with trauma or not dealing with trauma. Um, And it, it doesn't do a particularly good job of 
seamlessly interweaving those themes. I, I would have been much happier if this was 45 minutes shorter, picked one theme to run at, um, probably memory would have been a be- would have been the one to focus on, and just ran with it and did that. It, it felt like the action was fantastic, but for me, it felt like it was in there because it was expected, not because it was needed. Um, so yeah, up and down, up and down throughout the whole film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Andrew, what about what are some of your thoughts? So this movie is primo world building. The world that this takes place in is fascinating. It makes you want to know so much more about how the world got here. Yeah. To its own detriment, to the point where you realize the story that's being told isn't as interesting as the world it takes place in. Because I'm finding myself going, uh, the whole motivation between these characters is is for me less entertaining than finding out more about the world. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, oh, I want to know more about this. Oh, we're moving on with this lackluster story. That's okay, fine. You know, that's not and they to say performances to are. In, they tried but... to tie it in. Yeah, that's not to say performances are bad. Actually, I think that uh, people are giving some really good performances in this movie. Not that the script is. It, it it's it's them carrying a kind of like with the protege the performances are carrying a, a lackluster script um mm-hmm. you can definitely tell uh, lisa joy who was one of the producers of uh or the director and writer of this you can definitely feel because she was uh, the creator of the uh, west world mm-hmm. that's going on on hbo um, so you can definitely feel her fingertips, and it kind of feels like she walked up to her husband, Jonathan Nolan, and said, Hey, babe, I really liked Inception. Can I try it? <laughs> well, and Memento, to be honest. And Memento, yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, there's, there's, so. definitely, there's definitely a Nolan uh, aura on this. I, I, I do want to yeah. be careful, because it is it is hers. It is not theirs, and it's... You sure, know, there's, but, it, but you, you can, can definitely... Yeah, you can feel yeah. the, the shadows and the echoes of, and, and that's you know that makes sense when you you know are with someone a lot. You talk about the same things and kind of Sea World and in the uh, the same way. Um, speaking of Sea World, uh, this yeah. this was <laughs> <laughs> that was that was top level, top tier stuff. The I I loved that part of really. I think it's almost what makes the world building so spectacular is how intently. It goes after what would a world where the oceans are rising really have to look like mm-hmm. and what would that do and how would that affect the poor and the rich and what would have to be built, especially on coastal cities and what would be abandoned, um, you know. Uh, so, yeah, right from the beginning, this movie is is doing great world building. I agree with with both of you on that. Uh, it's a better yeah. purge film than most of the purge films. That's <laughs> I think that's a fair point as well. Um I also also really enjoyed a couple of the performances. Uh, you mentioned that you enjoyed them too. I'll just specifically uh, just say Hugh Jackman is great. Uh, he's just yeah. I just totally believe him. Um, and Rebecca Ferguson, I thought was was really good as well. Um, yeah, I think Tandy Newton is actually underused in this movie. I do too. Like, and it, I wasn't going to go into my negatives she's not the yet. Focus. Um, Tandy Newton is not my negative. I'm not saying that. Uh, however, she is a, uh, an example of 
something this movie does. Uh, she is an example of this. I'm trying to think who the other Cliff Curtis is an example of this. Um, this movie wants to be neo-noir so bad that yeah. it almost comes off as parody at times. Um, mm. And I think that's partly in the writing. I think it's a little bit in the direction um, and therefore kind of trickles down to the acting as well. Um, I think the uh, Hugh and Rebecca, to me, are the ones that rise above that. Uh, and yeah. everybody else seems to kind of be locked into that unfortunate um, you know, and it may work for some people like people who love noir films uh, more than I do may actually love that part of this movie. But I just felt it was a little too on the nose and it, it almost bordered on parody for me uh, at times. So there was a I think actually I think this movie would have worked better if it was a noir kind of like a, just fully embraced if, it. If they fully embraced it, I think that this movie would have been so much better. Uh, I don't know. I, there's a lot of ponderous narration. Like, I mean, it really I was about does. To say that. Yeah, it really does go for it. Um, you know, and then and then she walked into my life. And, well, you yeah. know, it's, it was yeah. a rainy day in September. <laughs> but you know, whenever you have a movie that just fully embraces that, you know, mentality, you give yourself to it, and you don't sure. realize when you don't really re you don't notice the. Uh, the pandering to that mm -hmm. type of style. There's yeah. a movie by Catherine Bigelow uh, called Strange Days. A long, it came out in like '95 ish. It reminds me a lot of this movie where it's people uh, putting on chips memories that they get to revisit. So whenever I saw this, and that in that movie is really leaning into the noir, and that's what I thought this mm -hmm. movie was going to be. But this movie. Uh, was way more interested in the world building, which I I enjoyed. Not only the world building, I should say that. Like, yeah, the world building is great. The way the movie is shot, the cinematography that shows this world mm -hmm. is really what is just a standabout. There's a shot in this movie, I'll say, um, where a character is falling in water with a, a piano. Mm -hmm. I'll, just to say that. One of the most beautiful shots. <laughs> like it is so gorgeous. Um, leading up to that that moment, though, there's a fight scene that is one of the most painfully, awfully choreographed. Like it looks so choreographed. Like, oh, okay, you're gonna throw your punch. I'll put my hand up here. All right, now I'm gonna throw that, and I'm gonna do a punch now. So you make sure you duck. And uh, after <laughs> that, that's when I'm supposed to jump back. Whoa! And now I'm gonna try and tackle you, and you throw me, and it, it looks so painfully, you know, like it didn't look real at all. Therefore, it just took me out of it. Like I didn't care about you know who was gonna you know come out on top because it was just so laughably bad yeah yeah i uh i agree with you on the visuals that was the other big positive i wanted to bring up was that th th this movie is uh more than occasionally beautiful and it, it really understands how the colors work how the framing works um lighting like it, it's a really gorgeous movie at times uh, and that is to the movie's credit um i also really liked the and this may be one of the too many themes that you're talking about, Ian. But I, there's there's something this movie does where you suddenly realize it's kind of about watching movies in some way. Like the, the 
the movie itself is a metaphor for how we invest in stories. Um, and, and that may have been my favorite thematic thing about, uh, this movie. Um, but it's, it's, it doesn't feel completely fleshed out. It doesn't feel, uh, like a, a whole, it feels more like a piece. Um, and so, but it's there and I wanted to at least mention that I did, I did find that interesting and clever and, and kind of fun. That's the theme that I wish they'd focused on. That's oh, okay. the, that, that's the one that I would have picked out. Um, cool. Yeah, you need a love story, fine. But I think there's a way of doing this through exploring more memories and more... If we have... I mean, there's only three or four people's memories that we actually see. If it was more like a revolving door of people and Mm -hmm. he somehow has to put the story together, instead of going Jason Bourne, he has to go more Bruce Wayne and detective. Well, you know what it reminded me of was, uh, was Rear Window. There, there are some moments yeah. in this that feel very rear window where you're like watching a story and wondering where you are in the story. And um, yeah, that's that was kind of one that jumped to mind uh, mm. that I would have liked to see more of. Uh, that kind How of bad thing. is the ending to this movie? It's terrible. It's it's oh, it's the worst thing. It's, it's the worst thing about the movie. Um, it's an I think you could terrible. switch off half an hour early and be. I think that's, and what that's the, a better ending. Literally, the movie is telling you to do that the entire time because <laughs> yeah. you know how many times does Hugh Jackman and uh, uh, Rebecca Ferguson go? How many Tell me times? a story, but stop it halfway through. Yeah. Stop Listen, I got, it, I got it the first time you said it. I knew what we were yeah. doing. We all yeah. did. We got it. You didn't need to say it three more times. Like mm-hmm. it's just yeah. like uh, yeah. The once Big may sign. have been too much. Um, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I yeah. do have a massive, massive blind spot when it comes to Hugh Jackman, and I really had to sit down and really write out my thoughts. And think, do I like this film because of Hugh Jackman, or is this a film that's worth liking? And because he's so good, he really he is. just commits one hundred percent. It doesn't matter. He may have his own opinions about the script and the story yeah. itself, but that man commits, and you cannot what you cannot not watch what he's doing. The yeah. scene where he literally walks into the visualization of a memory. Mm is so heartbreaking and emotional like for me that is the peak moment of the movie mm-hmm. where I'm like I agree you wanted a, you the, there's a you want a moment in the movie where I care about the characters and care about yeah. what's happening that's the scene mm-hmm. but it's a scene not the whole movie yeah, yeah. like and it's and the only reason why I care so much is because Hugh Jackman is just turning it up to 11. In mm. that moment where I'm like, oh, I, I just want, I want Hugh Jackman to be happy, not the character. I just want yeah, Hugh Jackman to be happy. Win. It's that, it's that determination. It reminded me of Prisoners, um, and the determination yeah. that his character has in that film as well. Um, yeah. Probably equally sketchy in his methods as well. But um, yeah, you just you want him to win. Yeah, I think I, here I'm just gonna say this about Hugh. Um, I think he's underrated. I know a lot of people love him. I know he's well received and does a lot of stuff. I think as an actor, he should be in the conversation. Like he should be in the top five actors working today conversation. Like he, yeah. he, and I think the reason he isn't has a lot to do with the Wolverine thing. I think it has a lot to do with he him doing musicals. And what I would say to that is that makes him a better actor. Yes. It's not as a one. <laughs> yes, he's more diverse. 
if How you were ever to do things that are fun to do, sometimes the Logan game I the play. Musical, you know, sometimes I the game that. I play is when I'm thinking about like who are our greatest actors, right? And just and just to be clear, when I say actor, I don't. There's no gender on that. That's you know mm-hmm. just our greatest actors. Yeah. Who are they? And the game that I play is could this person, other person, have done all the roles that this person did? Mm-hmm. You know, could Leonardo DiCaprio have done Wolverine? Or, um, you know, the, uh, what was the, the P.T. Barnum movie? Um, you know, like, Greatest Showman. Could, oh, greatest showman. Greatest showman. Could, could, you know, Brad Pitt do The Greatest Showman? You know, could uh, um, Hugh Jackman do Once Upon a Time in uh, Hollywood? And, like, and Ooh, you start I to go, see that movie. That's right. You start to go, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hugh Jackman could do that, but Brad, I don't know that Brad Pitt could. Pitt could pull yeah, off the Pitt Barnum thing. It. So, like, it's just, for me, that is a level of, well, uh, to me, I that think means that the something. Music, I think musicals in the, in and of, just playing devil's advocate, I think that musicals in and of themselves require a different type of actor, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. And I'm not sure, I'm, I'm not saying, sure Leo, of. I'm not sure Leo could do, you know, greatest yeah, show. Yeah, that's, that's the point, though, isn't it? That's, is, yeah, that's what I'm Leo's saying. Leo's not diverse enough to do that, but Hugh's just like, yeah, gimme, I'll do it. Well, I, I'm saying that there, there, there comes a physical talent to singing that not everybody has. I mean, and that's what kind of what I'm getting at. Brando did a musical, right? Like he wasn't like he wasn't the greatest singer uh, in, in Guys and Dolls, right? He he was yeah. in Guys and Dolls, but he did it, and he and he was he was serviceable because you know he he tried to stretch himself that way. Um, I don't know. There's something there. It's the same argument I use for Jim Carrey sometimes. Who else could be Ace Ventura? Could you know? Mm-hmm. Could Brad Pitt, Leo, Leo, uh, Leo uh, Hugh Jackman? Could the could they do Ace Ventura? No, but it, that doesn't mean Jim Carrey's a better actor than them. It just means he's better in you know that kind mm-hmm. of situation. Yeah. But when you're talking about being better in more situations, that's what I think Hugh Jackman is. I think he's so flexible. He can do yeah. the serious dramatic role and also do and he can do comedy. He has done comedy, you know. So like it's. It's interesting to you know to see him uh, do all these things and still just kind of fly under the radar. She's like, yeah, Hugh Jackman's good. Instead of no, he's one of the best. Um, yeah, it blows my mind how we're yeah. not. No, we're I'm not with there. you on that front. Yeah, yeah, he is. He needs to be in that conversation. So, uh, anything else? Any other things you wanted to mention about reminiscence? No post credit scene, but I'm actually still going to recommend this movie, even though mm-hmm. uh, we've. I think we've we've talked a lot about the flaws in this movie, but I think that there's an inherent beauty to this movie that should not be missed. Yeah, I agree. Uh, my one last thing is don't think too hard about the technology in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. Don't yeah, just I let it go. Off my brain. Just yeah, yeah just oh, let yeah. it go. There's the second you start thinking about how any of the technology here works, uh, it's going to get a little frustrating. The fact that they didn't try to explain it did did the job for me. So I was like, okay, you, this wasn't right. something you're interested in explaining, so I don't right. need to know. That's fine. Right, yes. Yeah, it, going with the parallel of Inception, you know, Inception explains exactly. the yeah. rules throughout the movie. This goes on the other spectrum of not explaining anything. Yeah. So, but the technology in Inception, they don't spend a second explaining how it works, just like this. It's just, but they explain the rules it's a of how it uh, right. of, yeah, the rules know, of how it works the, in the dream world, which this film does yeah. as well. It explains roughly how you can interact with your own dreams and come outside of your body 
ish. Yeah. Memories, not dreams. Memories. Memories. Sorry. Dreams. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I will say the technology in this movie did get me thinking about. Uh, once you understand memory or brain activity as data, how possible it would be to revisit mm-hmm. the data in your memory. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it's interesting to me to think of what tech technologies could actually exist in the future. And, um, and this is one I'd put in the maybe category, you know, like that, that seems like something, if you can figure that out, I mean, I don't know how we, we all don't, man. how we all don't go insane at that point, but, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it does like seem seem like that's one that at least would be in the maybe category. Um, yeah, as soon as we make holodecks from Star Trek, we're just it's game over. It's yeah, w- whatever productivity and will to be in the outside world exists, <laughs> gone. We, we talk become about, batteries. Uh, talking about yep. uh, you know technology that we would want to see. I think holodeck is number one. It terrifies me because yes, it is, but also no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Why? Because exist. of all the malfunctions that happen in all the uh, holodeck episodes in Next no, well, Generation. Yeah, there's there's absolutely that, but it's yeah, it's the fact that if it works is more scary. If it works perfectly, like why would you why would you leave? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you. Why hear would you? you? Uh, all right, let's move on from reminiscence. Let's leave it as a memory in the past. Uh, we are going to talk a little <laughs> bit about. Uh, the Sif Pop members, before we head on to our best ever challenge, uh, thank you so much to those who uh, support what goes on at Sif Pop here on the podcast and at the website uh, by giving at Patreon, patreon.com slash Pop. You can look at all the details there. Um, at one level, you get ad-free podcasts, including the bonus episodes. We mentioned we we're talking about uh, the TV shows we're watching uh, this week in the bonus episode. Uh, another level has a monthly video hangout where we just kind of hang out and talk about whatever you want to. Um, and that's a lot of fun. Enjoy that one. And uh, and you can check out all the other ones as well at patreon.com slash siftpop. We appreciate you uh, if you are a Siftpop member. We appreciate you if you're not a Siftpop member. But we would appreciate you going and checking out being a Sif Pop member. Um, No, Ian. No. Everybody (laughs) is appreciated the same. Same value. Same value as a human being. Um, We, uh, again, the website is patreon.com slash Sif Pop. All right. Let's move on to the best ever challenge. We're doing best ever Sam Jackson movies. Uh, Big list to pull from. In fact, I only included... Even in my honorable mentions, I only included movies in my top 200 of all time. Um, I didn't go beyond that um, just because, you know, we could be here all day. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I, I decided this week I wasn't going to do any honorable mentions because yeah. the breadth of his work is so expansive that it, yeah. I, I, I couldn't choose. So I was just going to let you guys go. So Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I do have a couple, but. Yeah, I have uh, I have seven movies that he's been in that are in my top two hundred of all time. Actually, I have more than that, but I eliminated a couple based on they are in the same series. So, like, I only picked you know one mm-hmm. of a certain series as opposed sure. to yeah. picking yeah. a few. Let's just um, say Marvel. He's been in a lot of Marvel movies, yes, and there are a few fair. in my my best ever. So, uh, yeah. let's start with number five. We'll go to number one. I will kick us off. Um, my number five is Out of Sight. Uh, already mentioned that one. Um, we already talked a little bit, uh, about it and kind of some of the, the, 
you know, the idea of the relationship and how that works and the absolute fire chemistry be uh, between it's Lopez and It's the epitome of sexual chemistry. It is. The sexual tension in this movie is insane. And, you know, Soderbergh, uh, I've talked about this recently because I actually just saw this for the first time uh, recently when I was uh, knocking off some of uh, my list of shame. And I'm a huge Soderbergh fan, more now than ever after watching more of his movies and catching up on some of them. Uh, I think he just knows how to tell stories really, really well. And this is uh, one of his favorite genres, heist. You know, he loves him some heist stories. And this, really? is, this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyhow, if you haven't seen Out of Sight, because it's a little bit older, um, I, I would highly recommend seeking it out and checking it out because it is it but- is great. Not only that, uh, we got to mention how funny this movie is, too. Sure. It's yes, a please hilarious do. hilarious movie. George Clooney is an underrated comedic actor. Mm-hmm. I think that he really pulls off that. that and he yeah. He's got doesn't great get the timing. love for it. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and then you've got, um, you've also got Albert Brooks, who obviously is hilarious. Um, and he's yeah. great in this. Um so yeah, Catherine Keener. Like there are funny people in this movie uh, to go along with it. So, so yeah, Steve Zahn. I'm like it's full of funny people. It's no surprise that yeah. it's you know that it's really funny. Um, should I just keep naming people? Louise Guzman. <laughs> yeah, also very funny. Just yeah. Bring up the IMDb. By the way, just keep naming people. One of the things I noticed going back and watching Soderbergh movies is he really did like pick actors that he loved working with and and kept putting them in his movies. One of those was Viola Davis. Like a lot of her this is one first, of her first stuff, roles. The, a lot of yeah. her first stuff is in Soderbergh films, including this one. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. Anyhow, I thought I'd mention that as well. But yes, Out of Sight is one of my favorites. Uh, Andrew, what do you got at number five? I'm going to go with the movie that literally has every single person from Hollywood in it, and that's True Romance. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I'm just going to really quickly list off <laughs> the cast of this movie. Uh, Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Can Sam Jackson, Michael Rapaport, G- uh, uh, James Gandolfini, uh, Tom Sizemore, uh, Kevin Corrigan, Michael Beach? I mean, every single person who was ever in a movie ever was in this. <laughs> Directed by Tony Scott, written by Quentin Tarantino. This is. One of my favorite movies ever. Actually, like kind of like Aaron, every single movie on my list is in my top hundred of all time. Um, and uh, this is just a fascinating story told in a ridiculous way. Kind of like uh, you want uh, you want a fun romance story that has great action. We were talking about with reminiscence. It's nowhere mm-hmm. near in the same tone. Obviously, this is this definitely feels like a Tarantino movie. Actually, if you were to tell me that this was actually directed by Tarantino, I, I might have believed you, but you can definitely feel his fingerprints all over this movie. It's funny, it's it's emotional, it's intense, it's it's wild. It's wild. 
I probably haven't seen this movie in 20 years. Um, really? I, I probably need to revisit it. Uh, I remember thinking it was... So the time I saw it, I was even like... I know this is going to surprise you, and people are going to be blown away that this is even possible. I was even more averse to violence in movies uh, back when I saw this the first time, and so that probably put me off this movie quite a bit. Um, it's a violent a, movie. But it's I Tarantino, do, so it's a violent movie. Right, but I do remember thinking, oh, that's clever, that's fun, that's interesting. Ooh, gross. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah, I do need to revisit this. I would love to revisit this um, kind of in more of my modern movie mindset, so... Yeah. It's uh, one last thing I'll say about it is you have all those actors that I mentioned. Seventy five percent of them are cameos, but they are cameos that stick with you. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't think Gary Oldman is doing blackface in this, but his character is like right on the border of is he doing a, a black character or not. Right, um, there's there's definitely some like icky cultural appropriation, yeah, like yeah, going on, yeah. But but it's intentional. It's not like mm-hmm. they were like like you're like oh this is uncomfortable, but it's supposed to be uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, Brad Pitt has a cameo. Christopher Walken has a horrifying cameo. Um, this yeah, seventy five percent are cameos, but they're cameos that stick with you. You definitely remember them. Highly recommend True Romance. Uh, what do you got at number five, Ian? I'm expecting to be trumped, but Avengers Assemble. Avengers Assemble is that the nope? It, wait, is that the uh, the English title for the oh, Avengers? Wait, did you not? How did you have it then? Just the Avengers? Is are you talking about oh, the no, first we, one? It was yeah, yeah, the first one. So this was Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers Assemble was ah, the full title. Over interesting. Here. It's yeah. just Whoa. Marvel's the Avengers. I I thought you were doing an animated movie. Yeah, I was like, no, I don't know that no. I know this one. Uh, no, it's just the Aven- <laughs> it's just the Avengers over well, here. Uh, yeah, and I guarantee it wasn't called the Avengers because we have a the Avengers already. Maybe that's um, why. Maybe because yeah. of yeah the the, the one with uh, Ray Fiennes and uh, Uma Thurman. That well, was a it was show. A, no, wasn't it was a TV no, show. Was, yeah, yeah, but that's but the it's rehash based off of the original. It's based off <laughs> yes. of. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's what I'm going off of. Yeah. No, yeah. Ian, let no, us tell right. you about what it's like in the UK, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm going man, I'm going to America explain for you for a second. Um, Thank you so much <laughs> hey. colonists. Please continue. <laughs> Technically, uh Marvel Avengers was before the show though. So that's true give me a yeah. date give me a date ah. <laughs> or uh, it would have technically been 50s so yeah okay fine whatever uh <laughs> anyhow yes i will trump yes. you on that i will trump you yeah, on that fair enough uh fair enough. all right the, the to- blank stare from the pair of you was terrifying <laughs> i was like wait no, I'm like, did the mcu not exist am i misremembering <laughs> <laughs> mc what parallel what world have i been living in <laughs> mc yes. what what are, what are you talking about hmm? I know, I know about the DCU. That's been so successful, and like it was on its twentieth movie, and yeah, but MCU, what is that? Uh, Anyhow, my number four is uh, possibly going to get trumped. This is where I have Jurassic Park. uh, Yeah, number four. All right, Andrew, what is your number four? This might get trumped up. (laughs) Actually, you know, we could just quit saying that because (laughs) Sam Jackson movies. You know, Uh, number four is where I have Pulp Fiction. Yeah, Trump. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, I guess we're to your number four, Ian. So for my list, I was very strict in that this isn't a bit part from from 
Mr. Jackson. It has to be something that he's he's a bit heavier in. So I may not have the best movies of all time, but I've got Shaft at number four because I love this film. And not not the new Shaft, the the yeah. two thousand and yeah. that's the wrong Shaft. <laughs> oh, why do you yeah. do this to me? No, no, no. The OG Shaft, not the OG Shaft. The it's a guilty pleasure from, movie. Is it ninety nine? Something like that. It was like two thousand. Yeah, Man, I, I love this film so much. He yeah. is just. It's, he is it's, Shaft. He is. He is, and it's such a quotable film. Most of the quotes I can't Shaft. say on this show, but um, Ooh, he's the man. It, Whenever somebody chucks something at me, it's like throw something else, D- throw something else, do it. Yeah. Um, uh, who who's your man um, that plays Peoples, um, Mister Wright? Um, oh, he's the Watcher in Marvel. Oh, Je- Jeffrey, uh, Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright in this film is when you, different. When you to said Mister Wright, in- I thought you were talking like R I G H T. So like- <laughs> no, no. I mean, uh, there's an argument to be made. But yeah, no, he's um, he's playing a character that you'll never see in any other. You'll never see him doing any other for, um, any other yeah. film. Um, it's a comfort movie. It's not good, but I love it. Well, there you go. There you go. Shaft nice. in at number four for Ian. Ian refuses to play by the rules. He wants to make up his Oops. own rules uh, for the best ever challenge. Hey, I respect yeah. that. Listen, you are playing by the literal rules. You are just putting extra, you're putting extra, you know, guidelines on yourself. So I, an extra fine. layer. I like to make it difficult. I don't want to yeah. have fun. Listen, as long, <laughs> as long as, as you know, as long as, you know, you don't mind us saying, oh, so you like Shaft better than, uh, you know, um, whatever other yeah. movies we're going to talk about. You think that's a better movie? Better than the Avengers, yeah, apparently, you think according Shaft to is my a own list. Better movie than the Avengers. Okay. <laughs> all right. Hey, you do you. Uh, all right. Uh, on to our number threes. This is where I have the Avengers. Um, and I think it's going to I think it's gonna be be there at number three. It just says the Avengers, Ian. It does not say Avengers. I, I can symbol. see. Yeah. Um, Imagine that. Yeah. It was called the asset over here originally. Oh, yes. This is uh, continues to be, um, I think, the best Avengers movie, and I know so Agreed. much of I know so much of that has to do with my nostalgia. I totally get it. Um, I know Andrew, you disagree, and I and I I really can't argue with you. I I understand there's so much more that happens in um, Infinity War and Endgame, and they're so much bigger and so much more meaningful. But they even even in those moments. Even in the Mjolnir moment, even in the, you know, uh, the portals opening, all that stuff, um, Avengers Assemble, none of it was to the level the first time I watched the Avengers and the the very first time they teamed up in the city streets and, you know, Iron Man shoots a a laser off of Captain America's shield (sighs) and Hulk jumps on a... And it's just this incredible... And I just... The euphoria of that moment mm-hmm. in the movie theater. It They're just, actually doing it. Yeah, it, this Hulk is actually happening, smash. and it's actually so working. Good. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just like, uh, it, it's just, again, nostalgia. I get it. It's the first one, and uh, and that's why. But yeah, it, it is my favorite. And um, yeah, so that's why I have it at, at number three. And you had it, Ian, at number five? Yeah, at number five. It's, uh, it, I mean, it sucks Behind that we shaft. can call it nostalgia. <laughs> Shut up! It's uh, it sucks that we can um, we can um, say it's nostalgic because it shouldn't be. It's not old enough to be nostalgic, but it is. It but it absolutely is. is. It is. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's 
we haven't i think the difference between this and infinity war and endgame is that you haven't we haven't replicated this camaraderie um the the last third of this film is the differences have been put aside they've teamed up and it's just fun it's there's no baggage there there isn't Mm -hmm. there isn't the weight of 18 other films behind it and we've got to tie up this loose end it's just a very simple get the bad guy story and here's some here's some unimportant um bugs that you can you can swat and show off your powers um Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's brilliant and samuel jackson in in the role as fury was just it's great just like that that line um Mm -hmm. until such a time as the world stops spinning will act as if it can like oh man just the way he delivers his lines as fury is fantastic yeah 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 i agree i love it um all right so i think that brings us to your number three andrew is that right yeah, yeah, what do you got? Well, the correct answer for the best Marvel movie is <laughs> Avengers Infinity War. And that's what I got at number three. Well, there you um, go. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm joking when I say I don't fault you guys for having the original Avengers. I get because of what it did and what it birthed, you know. Mm-hmm. If if it hadn't worked, the MCU would have stopped right there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but I think whenever we're talking about actual story moments and actual feelings of dread and fear for our characters, the first time I ever felt that was in Infinity War. Because, yes, I love Avengers. It's, it's, it's you know, it's one of the goats. It's in my top 100 of all time. Um, but I never felt afraid for any of the Avengers in that one. The way that not only the way in Infinity War starts, you know, like you're like, oh, okay, so we're just going off of you know these two pretty important character deaths immediately. I think going into Infinity War, people knew this was going to be a different movie from anything that we'd ever seen the MCU do, and uh, yeah, we were right. I think that Endgame has more like spectacle wow moments mm-hmm. but i think as far as like actual story arcs and like story progression uh yeah i think infinity war is the best movie they could have just called it thanos that's what they could have called it avengers thanos <laughs> yeah and uh or thanos yeah, infinity movie. war yeah or just yeah. called it thanos and don't make it an avengers movie mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah i yeah i I think there is an easy argument to be made um, that this is the best Marvel movie on a technical level. Like, as far as, like, cinema, film, telling a story, uh, beginning, middle, and end. And I actually know many people disagree with this. They think this is half a movie, and we've had this argument before with with other reviewers. I 100% (laughs) disagree. I think this is an absolutely complete film And I think it forces you to reconcile the complete story you just saw. Um, And, and so, yeah, on a, on a technical movie making level, I have no problem with that argument that this is, is the best. Again, I admit that, that, you know, my favoritism has a lot to do with nostalgia and euphoria. Um, But, you know, I think this is easily argued to be the better movie. Um, in that way. I think the argument that people make when it comes to Infinity War is that they know, you know, everybody's coming back. But so what? Like I the just I don't get that argu- I don't the get that characters argument. characters don't know. Right. The yeah, characters just cuz the good know. guy doesn't win at the end doesn't mean the story isn't complete. Yeah, is Empire Strikes Back a uh, half a movie? 
you know? Yeah. Just because the Empire wins in that one, and you're like, oh, then... I will say, though, you know, playing Devil's Advocate, Endgame feels like a part two, whereas Infinity War feels like a full movie. Yeah, so, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. But, uh, no, I think on a, like Aaron said, a technical level, a performance level, I think Thanos is one of the best movie villains of all time now. It, it's, it's, it's impeccable. He feels... And you want a good villain, the villain has to, you know, believe what they're doing and is not evil. Like, they feel like they're doing the right thing, you know. Mm. I think the easiest argument to make with somebody who's like, eh, they're all coming back, like, it doesn't mean anything, is how did you feel? How did you feel when Spider-Man said, I don't want to go? Like, yeah. how, how, how did you feel during that moment? Mm-hmm. Oh, we Dang it, Aaron, why'd you have to do this? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's yeah. the best example of going, so what? Yeah. You know they're going to bring Spider-Man back. You know they're going to make more Spider-Man movies. It doesn't matter. That's terrifying and traumatic. Yeah. And I don't like, know what's it puts happening. you yeah. in... For the characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and for us, because we feel for the characters. Like That's that empathy. Um, so. Yeah, he's just a kid. Yeah, yeah. And his so. spider sense is kicking in before he actually mm-hmm. goes. And that's why mm-hmm. he's the only one who can feel it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, why are you doing so, this to me? I just think that's a very simple way to, you know, at least uh, have evidence that it, do- it it really doesn't matter if you know for marketing reasons that they're bringing characters back. The story is the story. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, we did a full review on Infinity War. <laughs> <laughs> How could you not? Uh, yeah. All right, so I think that means you're number three, Ian. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to look like an absolute movie idiot again. Um, <laughs> Die Hard with a Vengeance. I'm sorry, I love this movie. I like this movie. It's a great movie. I love movie. this movie so much. It's a great I movie. Like it. I like it better than Die Hard 2. I watch it more than Die Hard, um, even though Die Hard is the better movie. Die Hard with a Vengeance is just, yeah, it breaks the format a little bit, but in a lot of ways it doesn't. They're still confined to a location. Um, yeah, I love it. I think their their relationship is fantastic and how oh, it's few perfect. how few Fs he gives is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, stop calling me Jesus. Do I look Puerto Rican to you? Like it's <laughs> the, the lines in this film are just, um, again, super, super, super quotable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. There you go. Die yeah, Hard with sorry. a Vengeance. No, hey. Aaron. Yeah, go for it. Let your film flag fly, man. Uh, I'm amazed you didn't trump me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, honestly, I, I, I'm I'm not going to give you any flack. I love this movie. It's so fun. It's a fun yeah. movie. I Apparently, I need to watch this one again. Um, I, I don't remember like hating it or anything. It just it just was like, oh, yeah, there's another fun Die Hard movie. I, it didn't like stand out to me uh, above the original in any way, but... Again, I haven't seen it in a while, so I should probably rewatch it. Uh, all right, so on to our number twos, then. Yep. Uh, I have Unbreakable at uh, at number two. Anybody? Trump. All right. Life, damn it! It's a miracle. <laughs> no, 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 not not that one, not that one. But, oh, okay. Uh, but uh, Ian trumped it anyway. So what do you got yeah. at number two, Andrew? <laughs> okay, I'll say this: if you guys veto this one, then I'm going to move Unbreakable to my number five. Okay, um, fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to go with Inglorious Bastards. 
No, I think that's fair. It's fine. It was, he narrates I, it. Yeah, yeah. I rejected it from my list for that reason, but it's, yeah. It's I had it in my honorable mentions. It was one of the two yeah. in my honorable mentions. I Yeah, he's yeah. he is in it. He is, he is in it. He's in it for about six minutes of narration. But yeah, there you go. he's in That's it. That's all you need. See, um, a- Andrew, you understand. You understand uh, the assignment. Oh, good. Let's just highlight how little I understand this invented game. No, I think that Ian understood the rules and he just That's right. defiantly just stood his ground. Like, could no. be argued. Could absolutely be argued that you are better at the best ever challenge than us. Yes. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know what else can be said about Inglorious Bastards that we haven't already said a hundred times. You know, it's my favorite type um, of Tarantino. Which is the revisionist history, you know, thing that he likes to do. Um, yeah. I, I think I, I find a lot of uh, to associate myself with him in that. Whereas something like um, I'm trying to, what was the Western one he he did? Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. I just go, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Like, but when it's something where I'm like, oh, I see what you're doing here. You're using movies as a way to rewrite history. Like that's that's really interesting to me. So. Um, yeah. yeah, and of course the performance. And this movie are introduced most of the world to Christoph Waltz. Mm-hmm. That is mm. true. That is true. Yeah, that's my uh, number two. All right, uh, Ian, what's your number two? Uh, this is where I've got Pulp Fiction, but I'm sure it's somebody else's number one. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Aaron doesn't yeah. like. It. I thought someone trumped it. You trumped it. Oh no, I trumped it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm really not getting this game, am I? Like, which one of you jerks trumped this? And yeah, Pulp Fiction. I I like this movie a lot. I have a lot of the same issues with um with Tarantino that you do, Aaron. But um, I like this movie. It's yeah, good. It's good no, stuff. I get it. I understand. There's a creativity to this movie too that is mm-hmm. really smart. Like, there's there yeah. you can watch this movie and go, oh, a genius made this. Like, there, yeah, it absolutely. has that that kind of uh, structure and ability to. Not just tell a story or non-linear, lin, linear, linear. linear. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. But don't even have them relate to each other. Really, they they still stay quite separate. But not only do that, but do it in a way that brings the audience like th- in, like an emotional through line to this movie. Mm. It's it's really astonishing work on that level. I just don't connect to it in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So that I have nothing mm-hmm. to hold on to through the genius. Um, and uh and that's you know that's kind of why i land there but no you guys love it and andrew it was uh your it was my number four your number yeah, four. four yeah so it was andrew's number four your number two yeah go ahead talk about it uh, as much as you want it, it has ruined cinema slightly because there's so many films that i noticed doing the conversational thing um that john travolta and um jackson do in the car about Cheese, yeah. uh, cheeseburgers and quarter pound. Mm-hmm. So many films do that and either miss the point, put it in the wrong place, or just do it wrong. And Spiral, Spiral does it. Um, it that's a bad movie anyway, but it does that particularly poorly. And it is yeah. where all of a so sudden frustrating. Chris Rock is doing a stand-up film. routine or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I see what you're doing, but stop. Um, but this, <laughs> this, this, um, yeah, this nails it, and it's it's so bold for Tarantino to, to do it this early in his career as well and just like, nope, I'm gonna make something that you've never seen before and you're gonna like it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly I think that this movie would not have been as good if it had been told linearly. Because you f- it's it's that recollection of moments where like whenever uh Sam Jackson and uh, John Travolta walk into the diner and you're like 
I totally forgot about Tim Roth and Amanda Plummer, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, Honey Bunny and uh, Pumpkin, I think is what they were. Mm. Uh, you, you totally forget about them because that's how the movie starts is with them, and that's how it ends. Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a brilliant way. He kind of, you could see he was working with that, um, you know, in Reservoir Dogs when he first, his first movie, whenever he did that. But I think he perfected it in Pulp Fiction. And, uh, yeah, it's a, just a master class in storytelling. It really is. Very nice. Uh, all right, moving on to our number ones. Yep. Uh, my number one uh, should be no surprise to anyone. I have The Incredibles uh, at number one. Where's my super suit? Um, yep. Yeah, I just, I love you this tell movie. Tell me why my suit is woman. Uh, I there's so much I love about this movie we don't have the time uh, so just piece together all the many times I've talked about this movie and uh, how much I love it and uh, and you can go from there but yes one of my favorites uh, Andrew what do you have at number one Jurassic Park yeah I had yeah. it at number four it's in my top 15 movies of all time so it had to be number one unless you know mm-hmm. yeah it's it's perfect and it's funny be, and it's funny it's on my list here whenever it was either last week or the week before i was talking about how i just finally read the book and how different the book is from the movie mm-hmm. and uh but it made me go back and watch this the movie and it's just i don't know it's a perfect movie it's a perfect movie. The there's the laughs, there's the 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 fear, everything. It's one of the first movies I actually saw in theaters too, which is uh, not something I'd re- recommend, you know, for a young child. How old were you <laughs> when you saw it? That would have been 90 93. 93, 93? yeah. 86, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, 92, 93. So I was 7. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be scary for sure. It was really really scary. The uh the kitchen scene or when the T-Rex first breaks through the fence. It's it's such an epic story. And uh, I'm going back and I'm reading a lot of Michael Crichton. Uh, like, I, like I said, I just read Jurassic Park. Last week I read uh, 13th Warrior, which mm-hmm. is Eaters of the Dead. And right now I'm reading for the first time Andromeda Strain, yeah. which is great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying Andromeda Strain. But he had a way of telling stories that I think only Spielberg really knew how to adapt, mm-hmm. you know, to the screen to the screen in that way. Like I don't think I can think of any other director who could take Jurassic Park and tell it in a way that would have not only done fans of the book, you know, justice, but also, you know, and I say that in a way of you know, telling a, a completely different story. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to have people... I, I don't think I'm ever going to run into somebody like, yeah, I like the book better of Jurassic Park. No, nobody's <laughs> going to say that. It's because mm-hmm. it's a perfect movie, you know? Uh, it's it's just... It's a spectacle that... There are a few movies I can say help define me as a person. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park's one of them. Yeah. So yeah, that's It so has to be number one. 
There you go. Hide at number four. Uh, you had it at number one. Ian thinks Die Hard with a Vengeance is a better movie than Jurassic Park. And Shaft. And Shaft. I mean, can we just can we just take um, take ten to fifteen minutes to dissect um, Samuel L. Jackson's um, cigarette smoking role in this film? And yes. How, how profound a performance it is, Man, and, and how it much it contributes the, to the story. How I mean, he let that whole, cigarette get all the way down to the filter. I mean, I don't know how you one. I don't know how you eliminate the hold on to your butts line. It is probably the key to the movie so yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a mar- i mean the film isn't the same if you if you pluck him out of it it's not the same movie it's true it's true yeah. you make a good point you make a good point ian uh ian what do you have as your number one uh best ever movie that sam jackson was in um so i have uh the exorcist three um nice no, it's, it's unbreakable <laughs> <laughs> damn, damn it. it's a miracle yeah uh, unbreakable yeah yeah, no, that's uh, that's my, my happy place. It's my number two, so your number one. Um, actually, I think surprisingly yeah. enough, that would probably be put it as our like uh, best average of all these. Cause, yeah, it's because I'm right. Because uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I I have no problems. It, like with I said, it, it was my choice. number six. It was my yeah. number six. So I have no qualms with it being num- our uh, group pick. I yeah. love this it's movie. It's the it's the first time I so I this was a random pickup. This was. I don't know, 15-year-old Ian picked this up somewhere randomly, having no idea what it was. Just, I like Bruce Willis because Die Hard with a Vengeance is a great film. Um, I also like um, Samuel L. Jackson because Die Hard with a Vengeance is a fantastic (laughs) film. So I'm going to watch Unbreakable. And yeah, it's the first time that I'd seen him play a bad guy. But a a bad guy that's so vulnerable. Like, literally, just flick him and he's Mm -hmm. you've defeated him. He's done. Um, Brilliant. Uh, just a fantastic film. Yeah, no, I yeah. agree. Uh, I am uh, uh, an overly enthusiastic M. Night apologist, and a lot of it has to do with, I think many of the things people love about Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, even Signs, which are the three that most people agree are, are great movies, um, and then we can yeah. argue about The Village and some of the other ones, but um, the th- same things they finger. see as <laughs> as successful in those movies still exist in a lot of his newer films as well. It's just we have, I think many people in a viewership sense have moved on from that sensibility. If you compare Unbreakable to Split, especially, um, and you could throw Glass in there as well, though Split, I think, is the better example. Mm-hmm. Tonally, oh, yeah. they are the same. Yeah. Like, it is... Like, it is pretty incredible the stuff he is he is doing in both of those movies um but here it was new here it was fresh and i think people kind of got both tired of his shtick once they kind of got it once it was like oh this is what he does and also a little bit of his perceived arrogance um you know as a filmmaker uh and so i think that that kind of led to a lot of his downfall. Also, he made a couple really, really bad movies, so that'll do it yeah, too. Yeah, doesn't help, does it? Um, but um, can you can you imagine that feeling when that he must have been feeling when Split came out? Because mm-hmm. I I don't know anybody screamed that screamed from the rooftops that this is a prequel to Unbreakable. I I mm-hmm. don't know if a single person in the world guessed it. Imagine <laughs> sitting on that and just waiting waiting for the world to explode i i could there be people wrong who got pre-screeners i think that's what i was gonna say i think this screened like months it before it came out and people and people were people like were thank told, god i finally get to talk about it yeah people were yeah, told that's, you cannot, that's hard 
so yeah i think there were How a lot of people happen? keeping the secret um so because yeah, it only <laughs> takes one person to not care um mm-hmm. right? it's a miracle that it, it wasn't spoiled yeah. thank god uh they didn't because then I wouldn't have had one of my favorite movie going experiences. <laughs> yeah. That was with Aaron. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. You no, did, they not did not just, just do, do that. that. You did not, you did not just, just do that. Oh uh, yeah. Legendary response. Yeah. yeah. Um it is it is easily my favorite. Um uh, Yeah. Not split, yeah. unbreakable is easily my favorite Shyamalan movie. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um and uh yeah, I think he is he had at, he is at his best here and um and I really, really like it as well. So it's a great comic book movie and a great movie about comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so there are top five. Uh, Andrew, you didn't pick any honorable mentions. The only one I'll, I'll left. I'll throw out one, but after you guys go, so okay. The only one that that's uh, that I wanted to throw out was "Do the Right Thing." Um, I think that definitely deserves a mention. It's just an incredible yeah. film. Such um, a good movie. So I wanted to mention that one. Ian, did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there? Yeah, Coach Carter nearly made it on onto my actual list. Okay. I just I just really enjoy that film. Sure. I enjoy what it's a much more subdued performance. Um uh, I like the story. Um so yeah, Coach Carter just caught me on a good day, I think. I just really, really enjoy that story. Um it's a very subdued performance from him. Um yeah, just I think it just caught me on a good one. It's not one that he's really known for, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, no, I, I I I think Coach Carter is a fine movie. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. People don't hate that movie, do they? I think people. No, I just don't think, think anybody talks about it. Yeah, it's no, just, you're right. It's yeah. one that's been came, went, and was completely forgotten about. Um, yeah. Other than that, he was the sat nav in Lock. Not many people know that, but yeah, did a did a great impression in there because he's just in every movie. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, that was a Samuel Jackson's in everything, but he isn't actually. Oh, I see. Um, I see. My honorable mention list was nearly exclusively things that, that he could have been, but you didn't know. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, because like I was like, I'm pretty sure there's only like four people in lock, and I think I would have remembered seeing Sam Jackson's name. It's just more uh, impressive nav. that he still made his way in yeah. there. He was one yeah. of the four. He's laying in the back. Keep seat the going whole time. straight. <laughs> he plays his father um, yeah. in the yeah. back seat that whole time. The whole time. Mm. Uh, all right, Andrew, what else did you want to throw out? I'll throw out Incredibles 2 because I think it's better sure. than Incredibles 1. Sure. I understand that. I understand that. It's a great movie. Wow. Um, wow. All right. Wow. Let us move straight from the Owen Wilson impersonations into our buried treasure for the week. Uh, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Uh, Ian, you're the guest, so you go last. Andrew, why don't you go first? gonna go with an oldie uh old show on you can watch on paramount plus ink master if you didn't know i like tattoos i got one or two or mm-hmm. ten um and uh this is just a fun show I, I don't really watch it for the uh the competition element i just really enjoy looking at the art that they do i think it's beautiful and i think it's interesting and it op- watching the show can open you up to different styles of tattooing like mm-hmm. in case people aren't really aware there's a lot of different styles there's traditional japanese you know there's modern there's geometric there's uh traditional american traditional uh, new new age it's it's just really cool seeing all the different art and like how some people specialize in color and some people spe- specialize in black and gray so yeah seeing that and uh it 
I think it's just really fun lo- looking at the art and the the uh, each week. You know, they they have to do a new tattoo, but they give them uh, like it has to be within a certain style, and that's where you really see like, oh, this person's really well versed in how to tattoo and stuff like that. They can do it all, and some people are like, oh, they only specialize in one thing, and it's a shame. The thing that makes me the most mad about this show, though, are the canvases themselves, the people getting tattooed. Because they know they're coming onto a show, and that they have to get tattooed in a certain style. And the canvases are always annoying, like, oh yeah, today's a, a uh, American traditional? Cool. I want a big old uh, drag, Japanese dragon tattoo on my back. <laughs> they're like, right. Then like, first of all, I only have five hours to do a tattoo. I can't do a full back piece in five hours. And second of all, that goes against what I what the challenge is today. Yeah, but I want a big old dragon on my back. And you're like, where do you get these people who are ruining... Like, if you're going to be on a show getting a free tattoo... They get free tattoos. You have to know... You have to be willing to get a tattoo of whatever the the challenges of the day, you know? And, the, yeah, the canvas really is really... I'm at that. I would imagine the canvases came in blank. As in, yeah, you're going to get this for free. You're going to be on TV. This is roughly what you're going to get, but you've just got to be okay with it. Because I, mean, I have a friend that, that loves tattoos as well, and he just goes in and says, I am a canvas. Whatever you want to try, do it yeah. Do it to me. So it can't be hard no. to find that person. Yeah. No, there are some people who they they are just adamantly annoying when it comes to being <laughs> a canvas. Yeah. So, But it's a fun show, and if you have Paramount Plus, you can watch every single episode, which I am almost done with all of them. There you go. Uh, Ink Master on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with an old movie that I checked out. I have made my way into the 80s. I, you know, I'm going through a list of movies that people have told me to watch, are considered classics, that kind of stuff that I haven't seen. Um, and this movie is going to surprise many, many people um, that I would even want to talk about it. Uh, but it is called Xanadu. Um, have either of you... <laughs> watched xanadu i know it by reputation i've never put myself through it no me too right um and i am not going to in any way shape or form say that this is a phenomenal film this is not a great movie however boy do they go for it here like this is an acid trip of a film and like (laughs) It is, but at the same point, it is, it does make sense. The story makes sense. I understand exactly what the themes are in the movie, what they're talking about with, you know, art and creativity. And it is, it is one of the most, this is going to sound like, I mean, it is an insult and I don't, um, but it is one of the most like, I'm trying to think, I I don't even know if it's offensive to call something like hippie-ish or, you know, like there's. There, this is idea of like, you know, freedom and peace and, you know, like this just this movie just embraces it and is just like we're going to do a musical where it's all about just embracing creativity and how rock and roll and like uh, swing music from the 20s are really just the same thing in different eras. And we're going to combine them and people are going to roll around on roller skates and wear amazing outfits and like people are going to come out of the like you know be art on the wall and it's just i don't know yeah, have i watched and have an entire animated <laughs> section of the movie yes yes 
And I just, I watched this and I was like, this, this may actually be objectively terrible. I don't know, but I, I am like, I, I'm caught up in it. I'm caught up in it. I don't know if it's the, the thematic, you know, the optimism of it. It felt very optimistic in a lot of ways. Um, being, you know, a creative kind of person, like I identified with the idea of where inspiration comes from and pursuing art, uh, even when it feels, you know, pointless, like, I don't know. There's just some stuff here. And of course, I like musicals. I mean, the music is nothing to write home about. Like, there's no song in Xanadu that I come away humming or going, at least after the first time. Maybe if you watched it several times. It, I did watch no, it. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch it and go, you know, there's a different universe. There's a different timeline where this is like Rocky Picture, you know, or something like that, where people are mm. doing midnight viewings of this and singing all the songs the and laughing or the room even you know like a you know it's just not quite that bad uh that you it would kind of get that kind of you know so bad it's good kind of thing um i don't know i was surprised by at least how much i was compelled by it if not enjoying it um so anyhow xanadu is the one i want i forgot about this movie until you mentioned it it's like one of those things where your mind tries to you know erase horrible memories you know Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> sure, would yeah, this be the me, thing that you would have to relive and have burned into your into your consciousness? Yeah. <laughs> because honestly, I thought that uh, Singing in the Rain was the first Gene Kelly movie that I'd ever seen. Nope. Apparently not, because I'm looking at the cast list right now, and Gene Kelly's in this movie. He so. sure is. He sure is, and it is <laughs> really interesting to see him in this. He's obviously much older, and yeah. but he. But he is specifically perfect for that role because it is a movie that wants to combine the history of what it means to be performative and be a performer and artistic. And, you know, he's playing somebody who played in swing bands, you know, and uh, back in the day. And uh, and so, yeah, it's I don't know. I just I really respect the cross generational uh, idea of this movie. Um because there's so much, understandably, of my parents don't get my culture, right? Like, that's just, we all have been through that, right? Um, I say we all. I actually, you know, I listened to music from my parents' era when I was growing up because I loved it. But that's just <laughs> me. Um, but uh, but for the most part, you understand, like, I want something new that not what my parents listened to, you know, that kind of thing. And this movie has the gumption to go, uh, but what if all music is beautiful? And what if creativity is about more than just you know, individualism and, you know, um, your generation. What if it's a, a through line of history? Um, so anyhow, it's probably... Has ter- anyone ever spoken more deeply about <laughs> Xanadu? The answer is no. I don't know. It's all right there, man. I bet, somebody's written, I, I bet somebody's written that that uh, that article somewhere. You want um, to talk about but, a buried treasure? Yeah. yeah. This yeah. was in the Marianas Trench of buried treasures. <laughs> And it just depends Zanus. on how you define treasure. It's like, you know, it's like we went down to the bottom of the Marianas, you know, trench for this 1982 penny. And uh, yeah, it is yeah. <laughs> like, but anyhow, maybe you like the 1982 penny. I don't know. Xanadu wow. uh, is my buried treasure. Uh, Ian, what do you got? I have got um, Star Trek Lower Decks. Um, oh. I, again, maybe I'm breaking the buried treasure rules um, because this isn't buried. It's brand new, but no, I don't no, no, feel no, like no. enough people are watching it. Um, this show is perfect. Um, it allows us to have all of the Star Trek callbacks and all of the nostalgia that that 
everybody can, all of the Star Trek fans can focus on this and allow Discovery, Picard, and the other shows to do their their new things and tell new stories. And there are new stories in this, but this is primarily fan service. Um, so it it's. <sighs> I'm contradicting myself a bit because it does do new things. So it focuses on not the main crew, not the the captain, first officer, the red and shirts, all of the department heads. Yeah, it's it's all the the people on the lower decks. It's all the people that do the jobs that you necessarily don't want to do. Although I would do any job in Starfleet, I think. And it, it's on a ship that isn't the flagship. It's doing the cleanup missions and the the stuff that isn't glamorous. Um, but it's hilarious. It's full of references. Um, full of nods, great voice cast. Uh, I love it to bits. Yep. Where can people watch it? Because I'm going to start. So it's on Paramount. Um, yeah, Paramount Plus for you guys in the UK. Okay. It's on Amazon Prime a day later. Okay. Okay. Well, I know where I'm going to watch it. Yeah. yeah. That's great. There you go. You know what I didn't do was look up if Xanadu, uh, where Xanadu is streaming. Cinemax. Is it? Yeah. Did you just make that up or did you look it up? No, I swear it's on Cinemax. Oh, okay, all right, all right, cool. Which, you if go. you have a, there's a premium version of Hulu. It comes with Cinemax, so you can okay. watch it there. There you go. So there you have it. Uh, Lower decks on Paramount Plus, um, Xanadu uh, on Cinemax, and um, what what did you have, Andrew? I didn't write it down. <laughs> I had the tattoo Ink people. Master, oh, yeah, which Ink is Master. on, on Paramount Plus. Which is That's on right. Paramount Plus. Yeah. So there you go. Ink Master is on Paramount. I'm glad Plus it made well. an impression on you. It did. Yeah, it just <laughs> zoned out for all of that. If there's anybody who I would be more shocked in the world if they ever got a tattoo, it'd be Aaron. So I can I, see why that one just. Kind of- you know what's funny is I was going to after we finished recording, we'll just go ahead and put this in the show. I was going to ask you to recommend somebody um, because I have been looking since my wedding ring broke at getting a wedding ring uh, tattoo. And so I was going to ask, okay. it's a very simple thing. Like, I feel like if I went into a tattoo place, most places would like laugh at me and, you no, know, because they want to do something common more or, uh, complex, but yeah, that's yeah. the bread and butter for them. Roses and yeah. wedding rings. Yeah. I don't think that. So good. yeah, I was going to ask you where I should uh, do a consult at or however it works. I don't know. Maybe I just walk in and get it done. I don't know. I, I know I'm going to be in a lot of pain because finger tattoos hurt a lot. I've, I've heard. So we'll, yeah. uh, We'll Not as much as it. foot tattoos, I imagine. <laughs> foot tattoos well, are horrible. It well, hurts so much. I, I will avoid uh, the foot tattoo. Then uh, yeah. I will. I will think twice uh, about the yeah the uh, lower decks uh, tattoo I was going to get on my <laughs> my lower deck. Nice. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, guys! We did a podcast. Uh, congratulations Woo! to all of us. Uh, we deserve all the praise and glory for accomplishing such a feat. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today <laughs> for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for showing up again today. Thank you, buddy. Uh, big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Thanks to Woo. Drew for providing some visuals to go with the video show. And thank you to Ian for coming and hanging out with us again today. Ian, anything you want to tell people, promote? Um, where do you want to send them to? Sorry, to. to, to, to nice, <laughs> nice. Um, I'm going to be um, shortly publishing How to Do the BEC Properly. Um, you'll be able to find it in all of the best retailers. Um, but no, you can find me um, on Twitter at Galactic underscore Dave 
Um, that's where I'm most active, especially if you're a fan of the Star Treks, because come find me and we will talk about how great everything is. Ian is always embracing his role as the heel. Uh, if you want to support what goes on at Sif Pop, you can do that as a member at Patreon, patreon.com. Slash Sif Pop. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you can check out the different bonuses to each of the levels there. Lots of ways to help us out. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can email us at feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than making out with a hologram. Uh, we will be back next week with respect. And Candyman, I believe, are the two we're going to do uh, next week. So we'll see you then.